The Way Out Podcast, episode 122. If you're a newcomer in recovery, you're going to walk away with some real practical things you could apply today that will help you in your recovery, that will improve your recovery, right? That's the goal. And if you've been in recovery for a while, you'll walk away hopefully with a renewed sense of purpose. I think one of the first things you got to learn as a newcomer, and it's not really important to me, was how to get honest. Honesty was hard for me. And it's very important to be honest. If, if you can only be honest with what happened in your day, you got to start somewhere. The back of the coin says, to thy own self be true. Seeing other people being honest and hearing other people being honest and vulnerable and authentic in meetings, as Jason said many times, gives you permission. Bingo. Gives you permission to open up. Bingo. That gave me permission to do the same. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out. Sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends in meetings and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of the Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow the Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night, and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Last but certainly not least, make sure to check out altrecoveryrings.com for stunning rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason and guest co-host Jerry, I'm Charlie, and this week we're talking right to and all about the newcomer to recovery. It's often said the newcomer is the most important person in a 12-step meeting, though it doesn't necessarily feel that way when you are first entering a program of recovery. We give you, the newcomer, straightforward, practical actions you can implement straight away that will yield remarkable results, as well as helpful insights into why these actions make such a big difference in recovery. For the person in long-term recovery, we remind you of how vitally important it is to your own recovery to reach out and help the newcomer in any way you can. Plus, we take calls from the Way Out Podcast listeners. Listen up. Jason. Hey. Jerry. Yes. Welcome to the Way Out Podcast. We are talking newcomers in recovery. Yeah, boy. And that is a rather large topic to re- to cover in recovery, but we're going to we're going to get it done and we're going to break it down in a number of different ways. Really you'll walk away from this with if you're a newcomer in recovery, you're going to walk away with some real practical things you could apply today. 
that will help you in your recovery, that will improve your recovery. That's the goal. And if you've been in recovery for a while, you'll walk away, hopefully with a renewed sense of purpose regarding how important the newcomer is and how important the newcomer is to your recovery. Amen. Amen. That is the goal. And hopefully we can accomplish that. In the spirit of introducing the Way Out podcast audience to our co-host, Jerry. Jerry, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been sober, and uh, anything else you want to share. Sure. I haven't had to take a drink or a mood-altering drug since June 12th of uh, 2009. Right. 2009. 2009. I Amazing. Been, yes. And I couldn't have done it by myself. Uh, recovery is really important to me to have others in my life and people that are working towards the same goal. But I'm from New York originally. We couldn't tell by the accent. Oh, There's, I yeah, mean, there, sure. I, I mean, I'm wearing my <laughs> surprised face, and it looks a lot like my regular face. Long Island, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's couldn't, a good one. Couldn't have, couldn't have guessed. Yeah. That's awesome. But I started my recovery way back then. I was 23. And uh, that's after drinking and drugging from nine years old until I was 23. Wow. Nine years old. Yes. Wow. Started off drinking. Right. Found out, felt the effects of what happens when the fear goes away from drinking. Mm. When the insecurity goes away from drinking. And then I could be somebody. Mm. I had that feeling. So I love that feeling. So I kept doing that feeling right. for many years. It brought a lot of problems to me. And uh, I have a lot of stories <laughs> because my uh, time out there took on a lot of different ventures into the service, out with my friends, when it was fun, when it didn't, when it wasn't fun anymore mm. either. Mm. The years I suffered. And, mm. uh, but I got sober when I was 23 for five years. And uh, that was a significant sobriety because for me, it was a white light experience. I found out God was alive and well. But that's what it meant to me when it happened to me. It just made God was real. And uh, I could reach out and ask for help there. Um I didn't know what I had. I got to be honest with you. I uh, it happened over one night, and uh, when it did happen the next morning, I woke up with a new attitude, and I could feel things that I never felt before. Love, the fear seemed to be gone. The urge to drink or drug wasn't there anymore, and uh, that was a miracle to me, and uh, that started it off, and then I didn't know what to do after that, so... I was looking for direction, and I found direction in AA by a sponsor. And it's very important. I've never had any of my covers without a sponsor because it's helped me to figure out my life and the things to go through. Right. So uh, when I first recovery, I worked on my issues, family issues, and that's as far as I got. Before, I was in a bad relationship, and that's something I'm going to warn people in. I didn't know what a healthy relationship was, and I got into a sick relationship just as I was sick. Mm. I was told by my mother a long time ago, who died 36 years sober, still sponsoring people, still going to meetings, and she told me relationships are the hardest thing you have to deal with in Mm. recovery, Mm. and they really are, and uh, you attract what you are. Mm. I was sick at the time, and I attract sickness. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. uh, We like companionship. You know, that was... It's an innate need, right? It's a need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can find that in AA. And my first sponsor told me to go to 365 and 365. I would say exactly what he said, 
but I don't think it's proper. <laughs> this air. is a this is a podcast, so you can use and that you kind can of swear. language. Oh, Absolutely, you can swear. yep, yeah. that's allowed. You tell me you're a sick motherfucker, and you need three hundred sixty five <laughs> and three hundred sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that, and it was the best thing I ever awesome. could have done. Yes. Because it got me involved in AA. I ended up over those five years, I worked on the NA hotline when it first came out. When the first hotline was happening in the 80s. <laughs> and when the, the NA was just starting. The only thing I didn't go to NA is because they wanted to keep the lifestyle. And I didn't see much recovery in it. And mm-hmm. at that time, that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's how NA is today. But I always found stability in AA. and felt I had a chance in AA. So that's why I went to mostly AA meetings. But that recovery end, because uh, I got a couple of resentments, mm-hmm. did know that the big book, because at that time, my sponsor was not a big book thumper. So I, I didn't read that part that said, resentment is the number one offender. Mm. And it turned out to be true in my life because <laughs> right. I relapsed. Mm. And when I go down, I go down hard. Mm-hmm. I drink a quart and a half a day. And I was got into crack. That was I loved Coke, and that was a new thing in the 80s, mm-hmm. the crack. Mm-hmm. And so I got involved in that, and that's sucking the devil's dick as far as I'm concerned. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. That's what it is because uh, that mm. was very addicting. And that took me down in six months. I lost a good job with the airport. I lost uh, relationships in the program. Because I isolate, that's my deal. When I start using, I'm alone. That's the go-to. That's the go-to, alone. And uh, It's easier to drink and use the way we want to when we're alone. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't need to share either. That's Hell right. No. That's why I'm selfish. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I ended up coming out here to Minnesota. And I went to Hazleton. And Hazleton, I I had something else that was going that grew up on me. I found out I had a sexual addiction Mm. on top of the uh, alcoholism and the drug addiction because that's what came alive to me. So uh, I had to lie when I was coming out of jail, Nick, because they caught me on a thing. They said uh, a young lady from another another, uh, group uh, got an honesty moment, and she said that I had sex with her, and I lied to them straight to their face because that's what addicts and alcoholics do. We mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left that program not feeling too good because I was living a lie right away. And I didn't stay sober that long, maybe a year. But that was uh, not going to meetings or anything. It was really on my own. And I met my wife, and she was an alcoholic. And... Uh, she wasn't in her. She was a. She was a, a beginning alcoholic. She wasn't really full fledged. That happened. Developed in the relationship, but uh, that's how we pick them. I just gotta say, we pick the best. Mm. <laughs> our pickers tend to be broken, especially in the beginning. Well, she's sober eighteen years now, mm. so she's got more sobriety than me. That's awesome. You know, and uh, she's a good person. I I really believe addicts and alcoholics are good people Mm -hmm. they're decent people once we learn to get honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. and that was what was important uh when i really wanted to get sober again i was really in a bad place and my i was losing my relationship and all that and i had a lot invested in my life uh so i got a sponsor and i went to fridley club and uh and uh an, is that Anoka or Hennepin? Anoka County. Mm. Anoka County, yeah. In Minnesota. Apparently. Yeah, Anoka County. And uh, I got a good sponsor. Actually, I didn't pick my sponsor. An old-timer at the meeting says, you know who your sponsor is? And I says, no, I don't. He says, you see that guy right at the end of the table? He's your <laughs> new sponsor. Actually, he was a great pick. Uh, his name was Joe. And... Uh, he was a big book thumper, and I learned a lot from Joe. Uh, I learned a lot about sobriety and uh, found out a lot of the magic that's in the big book. You know, mm-hmm. uh, knew I had to smash that idea that I was a normal 
alcoholic and uh, I wasn't uh, normie, so I couldn't drink safely. I couldn't do anything safely. And uh, he was a good man because uh, he, he did a lot of things for me. He helped me with my house when things broke. He helped me with my house. He showed me how to reach out and share with others and with a newcomer especially. And I sponsored people and everything. But the problem is I got overwhelmed again and I I started not going to meetings and I wasn't sharing with Joe and I got into a business. And uh, I had to, it was a build out and it didn't go well. And so mm-hmm. getting alone with myself again, frustrated, I was losing all my money and frustrated at home with my wife. I had a resentment going there over, uh, it was sexual. She didn't have sex for for me with me for the last eight years since our child she didn't want it anymore Mm -hmm. and uh so i was frustrated and i ended up going out and reaching out to the woman of the night Mm -hmm. one woman said i had some crack you want a hit and that was it i just took a hit and it was off to the races back there we go again yep back to the races again man we we really got to get this like a full full on 100 like, because we do yep. you know episodes where we do interviews and like you can just tell as much as you can honestly probably produce which i'm sure you could produce many more than just an hour and a half or you know like just I, i'm sure the stories are mind-blowing i've heard some of the stuff you share in meetings that's why i was like you need to come be on the show because yeah. Jerry's got great things. You got some real stuff. You've got currently 10 years of sobriety. 10 years. So it's been a while since you've been a newcomer, but that's okay. We're still going to talk a lot about what newcomers can apply because we were all a newcomer once, right? So we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, Right off the gate, let's talk about what a newcomer is and the definition of that. So according to the Googles. (laughs) Google fool. A newcomer is a person or thing that has recently arrived in a place or joined a group. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. A newcomer in uh, 12-step groups, a newcomer in recovery. Or it could also be a novice in a particular activity or situation. Again, recovery Mm -hmm. as a whole. Sobriety, right? I like calling recovery an activity. It is. It's filled with activities, right? It's filled with activities that help us stay sober that help us grow that help us continue to be uh, active in our recovery if i'm not active in my recovery right we got problems yes you do i feel like it you know lifestyle is a really good word because if i'm really doing like the book says practice these principles in all my affairs that means that i'm taking these tools into work i'm taking them into my you know, parenting time, I'm taking them into how I deal with others, you know, in general, into my meetings too and everything. Right. That's that's a good word, I think, for it. Well, I think one of the first things you got to learn as a newcomer, and I found it important to me, was how to get honest. Honesty was hard for me. And it's very important to be honest. If, if you can only be honest with what happened in your day, you got to start somewhere. The back of the coin says, to thy own self be true. And it's very true because uh, if you're living the same kind of life, hiding and sneaking and lying in sobriety, um, chances are you might have a fatal relapse. We don't know that for sure, but I've seen it happen. And honesty was really important to my recovery in the beginning. And uh, the trouble was I didn't know how to apply it. And the sponsor told me small bits. And as I began to trust people more, the more honest I could get. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, very important in my recovery, especially with the steps. Seeing other people being honest and hearing other people being honest and vulnerable and authentic in meetings, as Jason said many times. Gives you permission. Bingo. Gives you permission to open up. Bingo. Yeah. That gave me permission to do the same because there were people that were being brutally honest and it was the benefit was apparent the relief was apparent because they would vocalize it they would show a 
tremendous sense of relief when they got honest. Well, they get that stuff out that's been built up for years. And uh, some of us, uh, I was afraid to share some of my stuff with people for years. Yep. And I got to be honest, some stuff is good for the rooms, but some should be between you and your sponsor or a spiritual advisor. Or a therapist. Uh, a therapist. There you go. Yes, that's another one. That's how I kind of started. That's how I did my first fourth step with a therapist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to go back in your life. But I don't know about you. I had a lot of ugly things in my life. Yeah. And uh, getting them out were very important for me to start feeling human again. The idea that we're as sick as our secrets. Yep. And yep. if we're not honest, we're putting ourselves at, uh, we're handicapping ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here we already got our first two I mean, in, in just what we've talked about so far, like our first two practical uh, things, tools that you can apply today if you're new to recovery and you're struggling is one I heard in there was um, get vulnerable, you know, open up, let people know what's going on with you and listen, I guess would be another one. Mm. So three, really, because the other one I was going to say was following suggestions. Jerry, you mentioned, you know, you you got a real good sponsor. You needed him to guide you you know and the, that's key we don't understand especially in the beginning what the guidance is that we're being given a lot of times we don't understand it at all or we think it sounds dumb really or whatever it might offend us but if we do those suggestions we will reap the benefits we will feel the benefit of that um and and it, you'll start to have a different perception yeah and Jason, another uh thing i just thought of while you were speaking was going through the big book. I tried to do that by myself, and I'll tell you, I found so many more things with a sponsor. Correct. And uh, that drove things home and showed me reality. Right. With going through the book with somebody else and trying to do it by myself, you don't get what you fully need by just reading the book. It's a textbook. It yeah. needs to be studied. I was literally just going to say, it's a textbook. And textbooks are presented to you in schools and in those classes they're called there's teachers you need a teacher you do and so one of the biggest things that we can recommend for if you're a newcomer is get a sponsor get a sponsor get a sponsor sponsor. and i'm going to add this caveat one sponsor is good as long as your sponsor is good what i mean by that is it's not generally recommended to collect sponsors Mm mm-hmm Okay, and it's also not generally recommended to collect sponsees, right? Um, so make sure that the sponsor that you select has what you want, and make sure the sponsor has a sponsor. Otherwise, he might not be who you want. Bingo. Right, and make sure you know that you you're not afraid to move on, find a new one if it's not working for you. If you've hung out, met a couple times, and then you start to realize that he's really not who he seemed like he was around the tables when you asked him or her, whatever, you know, don't be afraid to move on and get a new one. It's your recovery. Make sure that you get the sponsor that speaks to you. Though it's important, I think, not to sponsor shop so you find somebody that, you know, tells you what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. And that's this. That's also the sponsor collecting. If I've got multiple sponsors that I keep calling one until I hear the answer that I want. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, well. <laughs> it doesn't work well. Doesn't work well. I need a co-signer. Yep, exactly. No, no, you don't. you don't. I'll just keep asking people until I hear what I want. Right. Uh, later on in your recovery, if it's not for a newcomer, but I'll mention this. It's always good to have spiritual advisors, people who are spiritually working the program, who are working the 12 steps, because then you could ask three spiritual people about an issue, and chances are they are all going to be the same. And you're going to get this. And then you know that's God's will for you. That's wow. a great Let's say that again. Say that that's one heavy. more time, Jerry, and say that nice and clear to that microphone. I think that's wonderful advice. Okay. Uh, the one thing you can do is get three spiritual people that are working the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or NA. I'm not choosing which it would be, but that are working a program 
because chances are if you have an issue and you need help with it, if you mention it to all three, the majority, I would say all three, will have the same answer because uh, there's certain answers in the program that's just on honesty. Yes. And we, and, we, and we go through a lot of the same things in life. And uh, people who've got time have been through a lot of good recovery. And uh, they're going to give you an honest advice. They're not going to lie to you as Alex, was it? Yes. Alex. Alex had mentioned. No, uh, my name is Charlie. Charlie. Charlie had yeah. mentioned. <laughs> you know, that my favorite part of that was just that, you know, if, if you get the same answer from all three of them, then you know that's God's will for your life. Like, wow. God's, in my experience, the God of my understanding speaks through other people. Yes. Right? And same for me. So I think that's <clears throat> tremendous advice. Yeah. Right? And honestly, since I've been on the show, the first time I've heard that specifically. I've heard it a little bit different way. My sponsor would always say, one person says you have a tail. Eh. <laughs> if two people say you have a tail, you might have a tail. If three people tell you you have a tail, you have a fucking tail. You have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are horns too? So true. <laughs> you know? So true. Right? And so that's sort that's of awesome. that same concept yeah. in a little bit different of a way. One thing I heard just now, which I cannot recommend more firmly, is work the steps, work the steps, work the steps. Yeah. This right. is a lot of practice in the beginning. Uh, I don't know about anyone else, but when I was a newcomer, I had to practice these things. You know, we talk about peace, love, understanding, compassion, sympathy. These things are all new, were new to me. But as I practice them, took acts of love and acts of uh, compassion and understanding and all these things, as I practiced that, it became reality and it gave me a very functional, good life. Yeah. But uh, you got to practice because that's how you get it to be. Now, today, I live it. I know what the steps are and I kind of just do it imosis. But uh, before, I had to practice the steps because that was very important to learn how to do the steps in my life. And if you do it long enough, it becomes part of your life. Absolutely. We've got yeah. these spiritual principles that we are striving for. We've got, but we've got to put them into practice every day. Every day. Right. Well, I, I always think of it like, like this, man. We learn it and it's going in our brain, right? And then through practice, you know, putting it into action, um, it's building a bridge from our mind to our heart. And we want to get that stuff down into our hearts. And it becomes part of us, part of us, yeah. ingrained in us because we continue to make that action over <clears throat> and over, over and, and over, over again. Yep. I'm teaching Repetition my is perfection. Exactly. I'm teaching my youngest son to drive. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. And he's only going to learn how to drive. With practice. That's so true. And I think it's important to mention, too, by making mistakes, right? Exactly. And then identifying how I'm going to act differently next time that situation comes yeah. up, right? Guaranteed he's going to make mistakes. Guaranteed he's going to be off center in the lane. Guaranteed he's going to, you know, um, screw up a few times. But he's going to learn from that situation and react and act differently next time and that's what we're doing in recovery yep. is we are attempting to apply these new principles these new behaviors these new attitudes in this in this life and it's bumpy at first oh yeah and <laughs> and and it is um jittery at first sort of like somebody who's just learning how to drive and you get a jackrabbit start and they're mashing on the brakes and they're 
on the uh, <coughs> yep, right. and they're in the middle of the road, and they're not quite in the lane right, right? You're All of that, those you're things. You're on a bike. You're learning to ride a bike. You fall down. You have to get up. Yeah. And the most important thing is the recovery is something you have to fight for. It's not something that's going to come easy because we've been out there for many years thinking certain ways, certain patterns. And uh, to break those patterns, you have to be willing to fight for it. I don't know about anyone else, but I have serenity today. But the only reason I have it, I've been fighting for it for 10 years. And I Hell think yeah. it's sort of interesting in the beginning, I agree, like we're fighting for it and we're, we're, we're kind of scratching and clawing. But then as these principles start to permeate our lives, it's less of a fight and it's more of a, you know, they talk about people that wear the program like a loose fitting garment, right? Yeah, yep. They're not fighting anymore. No. Because those principles have started to embody their entire being right right but that was after years and years, years of and recovery. years just like driving it's second nature to us but i've been driving for over 20 years it should right. be yes right in yeah. the beginning it was not like that no, hell no right. it was people were 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 you know searching for the vomit bag you know or you know early <laughs> into my driving career <laughs> it's, you know. it's awkward awkward Awkward? Awkward in the beginning uh, because uh, you're you're going against the grain of what you know. Yeah. And uh, it'll feel funny to do something new in the beginning and you might want to give up on it. But the one thing I can tell you is by just keep going one day at a time, putting these principles into action, you're going to receive the miracle. And the miracle, I say, is peace of mind and how to live healthy lives. You know, I just mm. gave up smoking. Ah, it took yeah. 10, ten years for me to come to a place that mm-hmm. I wanted to let go of the smoking. Mm. Wow. It was another chemical in my life, and uh, I used it when I was stressed out. It happened to me two weeks ago. I, I got a bad letter. It's not that I don't fall down, and sometimes I don't react right, but. I, I learned from that experience, you know, and uh, the letter was telling me that it was due because of my son. And I opened up my mouth. My I called my ex and I shot my mouth off before I called my sponsor, mm. before I prayed about it. Mm. Oh. I just reacted. Mm. Yeah. And that doesn't happen to me too often, but it still happens once in a while. I'm not telling you this is perfect. But it tells me I'm human, mm. and I, I still have to sit back and uh, and work the work the program, mm. just as just like anyone else. Certain steps. I love that because I fall victim to it too. Not nearly as often as I used to, but I am still very human, and I am still capable of um, being quicker than God. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. That's why they're very smart, Bill and Bob, in the first 100. That's why the 10th step there, we're going to screw up. Yep, you know? correct. And so it gives us an avenue to correct ourselves. So we continue to keep our heads up. And uh, being humble doesn't come easy. In the beginning, it's very hard because I don't know about anyone else. I was very selfish. But becoming humble is one of the uh, requirements if you really want peace of mind. One of the suggestions I can bring to bear that was very helpful for me in the beginning and still proves to be helpful is a home group. Yeah. Which breeds accountability and it breeds relationships with people over a long period of time. And be able to establish connection and trust. And you keep seeing the same people come back week after week after week after week after week. And it keeps telling you that this thing works. Mm -hmm. That here's what these people are doing that have contributed to the peace, the sense of peace and serenity and contentment that they've been able to achieve Mm -hmm. in their own lives. So I really believe, and in getting involved, it gives you opportunities to be of service, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. Um, Being of service is important. We can uh, help. We can help. If we're 30 days sober, we can help the new guy coming in the door because you know how to be sober for 30 days. You know what you've experienced. You're able to share that. I always tell my sponsees, you can take them through any step you want as long as you've had that experience. Right. Mm. And mm. we become useful right away. We can help somebody. Hell yeah. And it's important to our recovery because working with people, for me, sponsorship, keeps me working my program, <clears throat> keeps it fresh. And I learn new things every time I go through the big book. Sometimes I don't even get it. The newcomer points it out. I probably recommend this every episode, but Joe and Charlie. Yeah. Joe and Charlie tapes. The Joe and Charlie tapes. Yeah. Were transformational for me. And I and I listened to it with my sponsor and I went through it with my sponsor and that was mind blowing. With my sponsor as I walked through the first one sixty four, we would read a chapter I was supposed to highlight what what I related to right. and then we would talk about those things and he would show me what he had highlighted in his own big book when he worked the steps and we talked about all the things that re- we related to mm-hmm. right yeah. and some of the things he pointed out I missed and some of the th- you know and he was learning things from yeah. me even and it was this tremendous experience walking through that first 164 pages with my sponsor page by page, chapter by chapter, it was a game changer, right? So do it with a sponsor, I guarantee you, it will be a game changer for you. Joe and Charlie was a second game changer for me. The way they were able to walk through that first 164 pages is unlike anything I've experienced. Right. Well, I think you said it too, man. You got to walk through this with fill in the blank you know your sponsor a home group goes perfectly there too i mean i know i know at this point in my recovery i have my one home group and then i kind of bounce around from some other meetings that used to be like home groups and you know the there's a lot of different faces in there a few of the same ones but it's key it's key to be growing in relationship and strengthening bonds with those people in your home group because it takes an army and we need all the support we can get, all the help we can get. And they'll know when something's off with you. Hell yeah. That's and the that's thing. That's important. the vulnerability and that's, that's the account. Yep. And that's the accountability. Yep. And yep. that is also a vulnerability if I allow the same people to see me over and over and over. I I lose that that barrier that I'm Uniqueness. used to putting. You lose the uniqueness. Correct. And they're going to end up eventually seeing every version of you as you. That's will, the key. As you will end up eventually seeing every version of them. That's the key. You know, the, with, you will see the whole person <coughs> over, over, right? My, my, uh, old. Instead of what I just want to show you. Wednesday night meeting that I used to go to all the time. I don't go to that often anymore. There, it's like a 24 hour day book, right? And you, you read the reading, you share how it relates to you, and then you share how your week's been. This is the same format every week. And, you know, if you go there week after week, you really get an intimate knowledge of these people and their lives, their personal lives. Because yes. I don't know many meetings that actually say, like, say how your week's been, because people will be talking about all sorts of different stuff, you know? And, man, I went there and went there, and there's a couple guys, they're old timers, they were like, always give me shit because I was in such a good mood all the time. And like, but they seen me go through some things after a while, but they, I think they just thought I was like fake ass for a while because it was like probably at least a year that I was pretty much almost every week, you know, seeming all excited about life. But man, they didn't see how hard I was working either Mm -hmm. at this. And, but they see me go through some shit and eventually gave that a rest and realized that, Oh, yeah. He is human. Right. Yeah. I just was like, dude, dude, they're like, no fucking way anybody can be this happy all the time. Like, you got the longest pink cloud in history. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not pink cloud, dude. I'm like, I still go through shit. Yeah. 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 But it's what yeah, we choose to show. I don't know about anyone else. When I was growing up in my family, I learned to put a smile on. I'm okay. Correct. Right. I'm Correct. Fine. Correct. Leave me alone. Don't let other people see that you're dealing with something right and i was i was taught that as well but you know we all we all have um that kind of in our upbringing but at the same time like 
we, you know, you got to remember home group or no home group. You still don't see the amount of hours somebody puts into that study of the book no or, doubt. or to the service work outside of that room. No doubt. Um, and I honestly was working so hard, like all consuming. It was like another overtime every week job for me on top of my already overtime every week job. And I still do that shit. Mm. But that's like the, the results you get are going to be proportionate to the work you put in. And that's why I think, you know, I've heard time and time again from people about that, that I, I work so hard at this and they, they're just like, I've never known anybody that worked that hard. I'm like, I guarantee you there's a lot of motherfuckers that work a lot harder than I do with this, but I'm glad that I put in all this work because I like feeling good and I'm not used to it. I'm still not used to it. It still feels foreign to me. You get what you put into it. If one of the things that I heard very early on in my recovery that made a huge difference for me, it was very simple, very succinct. If you don't change, your sobriety date will. Wow. That's right. Don't have to change one thing. You just got to change everything. That's what I first was told. That's yeah. right. You only got to change one thing. Everything. Everything. <laughs> it's like that's fucked up. So another, thing I can, another thing that I can recommend is call people. Call people. Pick up that Pick up thousand pound phone. Practice. Yeah. Practice. It's hard. Do it it's hard to call right. people. Do it when you feel good, too. Yeah. Just there you to go. say hello. That's right. Yep. Then it's a lot easier to do it when you need something. And I think that's why there's a lot of sponsors that will say, call me every day. Call me every day. I do. It's not because they're trying to control you it's not because they're they're trying they're trying to get you in the habit of doing it regardless so when you really need to it's easy yeah it's easy right right that's, that's one of the things of i asked for my sponsors to call me each day because it, uh, it, it, it you get to see who the real person is too by doing that to mm. be honest. Mm. you get to know each other and you start to feel more comfortable it starts that trust bond Right, and uh, you'll learn that I'm not the enemy. I'm your, I'm your friend, looking out for you too. Yeah, so. I have a hard I time getting mention, people to do that. One shit, thing though. I want to mention for a new newcomer too, which I found very positive. Um, I have my higher power today, but in the morning when I get up to read a couple meditations, even if I don't understand what it's saying, just to get up and start that quiet time in the morning begin a positive thought of mine because right. I don't know about everybody else when I woke up it was dread for the next day and I needed some positive things and I would read daily reflections I read 24-hour book I read stools and bottles I, I read these books because they get me started in the in the right form today and I started off very slowly with one book because just begin somewhere Start this habit somewhere. Great advice, Jerry. I got that advice when I was new in the program. The same gentleman that would repeat every meeting every week, if you don't change your sobriety date, will, would always say, every morning I get up, I hit my knees, I pray, and I do my readings. And every night I hit my knees, I pray, and I do a nighttime reading. So and Thank I, you. Yep. And I started doing that. And I still do it today. Mm-hmm. And it makes a huge difference. Read some recovery literature right away in the morning. Erday. 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 And it doesn't matter what it is, just some recovery literature. Yes. And for me, it's important that I hit my knees because that's what my sponsor did. Right. And I was willing to go to any length. And I didn't know what I was praying to in the beginning. I didn't know any of that, but I hit my knees. Yep. Okay. And I simply said, help me. Help me stay sober today. And then at night say thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's how simple it starts. And then it'll take on its own life. If you keep doing these quiet times. Right. You'll have a relationship with something else that's going to be very helpful in your recovery. It's a great suggestion, man. Great suggestion. Yep. I view it like letting the light in. Okay. Yes. I view spirituality like light. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, if I let the light in, Mm -hmm. even if I just open the window a crack, it's enough. It's enough not to let the darkness fester inside of me. That's right. And you'll find out by just saying, 
please help me and by saying thank you it'll take on a real relationship absolutely and, uh, then you'll have a friend with you all the time now when you're alone i love it when you're feeling bad mm-hmm. you'll know someone's for you and that one is your higher power we open ourselves up to the sunlight of the spirit you know what yes. think about it like this too if you try this and, and you put it into practice for a week two weeks whatever you're gonna feel how amazing that light feels right shining in and you're gonna develop this gratitude for your cracks these this brokenness about you um is really a gift and you just can't see that right now but light can't get in unless there's unless you're broken you know and there's cracks and then you have that willingness and then you'll realize other people will see it first but at some point you'll realize that the light is shining back through you yeah and you're you're radiating the light that you're allowing in from your higher power and you're starting to give that to other people and you're starting to show mm-hmm. that to other people and other people will notice and other people will wonder what is that light where is that where is that beaming coming from there is an intrinsic spirituality about that person it's because you made an active choice to let the light in in the morning this is exactly what you're talking about that that radiance that that light in others is what got me to the point where i was willing to open my mouth and get vulnerable and ask for help and follow suggestions was because i watched these people that were like probably more broken than i felt um all of a sudden have that light and it was because they were doing this thing it's a program of attraction not promotion and i've had more sponsees come up and ask me to be their sponsor because they like what they saw inside of me yeah and uh, that made me feel good that i was on the right track but uh, sharing what we find is the most important thing giving uh, giving what we did first to you so you can have the same gift you know when people get attracted to you this is like the perfect segue into that whole why you know the value or the importance of the newcomer to us who have been around for a while let's talk about that the idea that um you know newcomers are so important to our recovery uh, for those of us who've been in recovery for a substantial period of time and i really mean really when i say substantial recovery beyond a year right yeah we really then start to be at a point where helping the newcomer is critical to our ongoing recovery and uh one of the things we do is we pass that message on right we share our experience strength and hope that's a very important because number one we become useful again and uh we need we need uh, we need self-worth and that's very important but we want to do esteemable things mm-hmm. to get that self-worth and working with other people give you a lot of esteemable things to be grateful for and that's one asset that you the newcomer hold for us who have been around um is that we You know, you're blessing us if you're letting us be in a position to help you out and bless you. Like, it's it's a circle. It works, by the way, when you help somebody that's an esteemable act. And esteemable acts build self-esteem. Right. So when you are reaching out to the newcomer actively and you are offering a ride, you're giving them your phone number and say, hey, man, call me anytime. Mm -hmm. Right? Or you are... um, uh, there's a number of things you're sponsoring, whether it's temporary or uh, from on, a, on an ongoing basis. There's so many things that you can do to the newcomer. So let's talk about that. What are some things that we can do if we're in long-term recovery to engage the newcomer and to help the newcomer? Well, I don't know, but I remember a meeting when I... This is a new sobriety these 10 years to me. I've had five, seven, and this is 10 now. But this one's different. But I remember something that was very important to me when I first came in. Somebody reached out their hand to me 
and I couldn't drive my, I didn't have a car, I couldn't go to meetings. Someone reached out their hand to me and said, I, I can pick you up and bring you to the meeting. I can take you home. And uh, just that, that I didn't know what it was at that time, but it's love. You know, it's caring about another human being that really matters in life. I don't know. I've come to that place, but it's reaching out, reaching out. And I think that for me, when somebody in the room is new or comes to you outside of the rooms and wants to know what this whole recovery thing is about, being being the the example and being able to share your experience, strength, and help. But I, I really believe fundamentally one of the most important things I can do is make the newcomer feel welcome, the new person Definitely. feel welcome. I'm glad you're here. Definitely. I'm glad you're here. And I've never felt so at home when I went to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and I uh, after a long relapse and I was a mess and um, a basket case and just all messed up. People looked at me and said, I'm glad you're here. And they, yeah. meant, and they meant it. Yep, they mean it. And really I want you to come back. And they meant it. Right. Yes. I mean it from their hearts. They they know that uh, you need help, and uh, they know that reaching out touches another human being. And you will, you will, if you go to a meeting and no one reaches out to you, you'll feel unwanted. I don't know about anybody else. All I had when I first came was negative feelings, so I didn't need to be reassured of a negative feeling. Mm, I needed right. new positive feelings mm. and new new friends in my life. And, all I know is when somebody reached out their hand and said to me they could give me a ride, made me feel a little human. It made you feel accepted and wanted. Yes. Reaching out to the newcomer, sharing our experience, strength, and hope. I do it regularly by reaching out. I volunteer at a hospital. I volunteer at a treatment center. I do that because... It helps keep me sober, right? Yes. And Bill W. did the same thing, right? Right. Bill W. stayed sober by reaching out to newcomers. Bingo. Right. And he did it constantly. Bingo. We're very fortunate today that people come to the AA meetings and they're newcomers. Before, back then, they had to go to hospitals and really work at it. Right. So. His his fateful call, right? Right. His faithful call, for sure. Instead of walking into that bar in that hotel, he makes a call. He made that and that faithful call. Yep, yep. Thousand dollar, thousand pound phone. And the gal found Doctor Bob. Yep. And he was able to share his experience, strength, and hope with Doctor Bob. And that is how this whole twelve step movement got started by <laughs> helping another a human being person. Another alcoholic. Mm-hmm. That was a divine no, appointment, dude. No doubt about Nobody it. Nobody knows an alcoholic but another alcoholic. But think about it for a minute. I'm doing what I do and I'm being in recovery. And you know, I've had the opportunity to be able to um, share my uh, recovery story um, and how I got better uh, to a number of people. And... It sparked a tremendous recovery in them, and um, and that's the God of my understanding working through me to be able to help that other person, right? And there's nothing more, more. I'm, I'm. There's little more gratifying experience than to be of service in that way, and to this person had no idea of what AA was and recovery and none of that right and we're in their own personal hell and i was able to introduce them to recovery because i was in the right place at the right time and because i was able to 
uh, do God's will at that particular moment, right? right? And be that channel. Yes. For this program and for what I believe a higher power. And that's a, that that is an experience you don't want to miss. Right. <laughs> that is an experience you don't want to miss. And you only do that if you're being of service and if you're if you are helping out and you're you're actively willing to reach out to the newcomer. Well right. a newcomer when they come in is uh, we find out we build new relationships and friends and uh, you never know what when they'll be there for you when you're down in your years and they'll be lifting you up. I know I've done that for my own sponsor. When I don't, I'm not working a great program, he's working a good program and he helps me. And when I'm working a good program and he's not, I help him. It's a two-way street. It's a relationship. The reciprocity, right? Right. Yep, absolutely. We're going to listen to some phone calls. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Buddy C calling in about newcomers. Uh, for me, I remember when I was a newcomer, uh, the best advice I could get was to keep coming back. Uh, that really was the best thing for me. Um, I saw my very first AA meeting that I went to, uh, I saw a guy that was sober, and uh, he appeared to drink like I drank. I had never seen that anywhere else because I drank alone. I drank at home, drank 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I just did not know other people drank the way I did. So I thought I was unique in my drinking, too. So <laughs> when I saw that, I was a lot smarter than this guy and a lot more successful. So I knew if he could do it, I could too. <laughs> and that uh, <laughs> arrogance of intelligence kind of uh, held me up for years. But uh, but I saw the hope, and I kept coming back. So uh, what I can say, best bit of advice would be to keep coming back. And when you're there, another another thing goes along with that. I heard was stay in the middle of the herd. You know, don't uh, don't get out out on the edge. Just stay in the middle of things, and just trust that it'll if it works for someone else, it can work for me too. So that's all I have, guys. Have a great podcast. See you. Man, buddy. Thank you, man. Some, po- you some so power much. truth. Holy moly. I love being in the middle of it. Great advice. Get in the middle of your recovery, right? Don't yeah. be out on the edges. Trust the process. Yep. And keep coming back no matter what, right? That's right. Yes, I love back. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. We got Alex coming up here. Hey, what's up, Way Up Podcast? This is your co-host, Alex, calling in remotely talking about the newcomer. To all of you newcomers out there, I want you to know how special you are to this program. One of my favorite phrases is, you might be able to do this without me, but I can't do this without you. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a meeting when I've been going through some real hard stuff and I've asked the room, for advice and you'd be surprised how many times that newcomer says something that just ends up changing my whole perspective you guys don't really know how valuable you are to us you know and you know honestly one of the best things that you have at your disposal is the people and the literature you know the big book the the na big book all of that these are these are your manuals you know i i had some trouble with my car this week and I looked through the service manual and it was, it was confusing. And you know what? I had to consult help, you know, and that's, that's where you go to your sponsor. If you're having trouble, you call your sponsor and they say, go to this, you know, go to this section of the big book or whatever literature, read it. And if you have questions, talk to them. Like, these are your guides to your new way of life. Honestly, I don't know where I would be without the literature. I don't know where I'd be without the people and, the, the rooms that I've been in and I know for a fact that if it weren't for people like you, the newcomers, I, I know for a fact that my recovery would not be nearly as strong as it is today. Hell, I don't even know if I'd still be here. Amen. So yeah. all you newcomers out there who are struggling like, oh, you know, I don't know anybody at this meeting. Eventually you'll get to a point where you're going to seek out meetings that you've never been to because you don't know anybody there. And the reason for that is you gain fresh new perspective. You gain new insight and you meet new people and you build this network of your recovery. Yep. And 
honestly, now's the time to take advantage of all of that. You know, find a, find a support system. Find something you can build yourself up on. And going forward from that, the only way you have to go is up, right? All right, guys. Have a good one. I look forward to being on next week's cast, and I hope you're all doing well. By the way, just so you guys all know, I'm calling in and adding a mile to my own challenge. Have a good week, guys. <laughs> he nice, is. He well, it's, is. it's good you did, Alex, because, like, only two other people That's do. right. That's right. right. <laughs> you're going to have an easy walk, brother. But that is awesome. the – and what a way to end the podcast in terms of understanding how important the newcomer has been for me. Alex reminds me of this. He reminds me that every time a newcomer walks into the doors of a 12-step meeting, I am intimately reminded of what I felt like when I walked in. I feel like I, I feel it. I feel it in my innermost heart and soul, what it felt like when I first walked in, and reconnecting with that is important to me right so recovery bingo if i lose touch with how bad it really got right i would forget what i have so much of today exactly and i i am liable to not take this thing as seriously as i need to so they remind me of the gravity of this disease yep that's why we don't we don't judge because uh, a newcomer coming in is a friend I'm just meeting now. It's a new friend in my life. It increases the flow and what's in my, that makes my life worthwhile. It fills my heart, that's what I say, because people really fill our lives and uh, make us grateful for everything we have. And watching a newcomer and watching the light turn on Mm. and watching the sunlight of whatever power greater themselves that begins to fill their hearts and souls and enlighten their minds and watching the transformation from that is that's beauty that is beautiful absolutely man and that's a privilege to be able to be Sometimes a very small part of that. Right. Sometimes a big part of that. I've been a big part of somebody's transformation. I've been a small part. Right. There's been times when I've had somebody come and like talk to me and they wanted to thank me for something I said. Um, maybe I wasn't even aware of it. It's just something I shared at a meeting. Maybe it was mm-hmm. maybe it was a, a heart to heart one on one talk that at the time I really was like personally i thought it wasn't getting through but now they're here they are you know doing well and it's a long time later and they're they're thanking me and telling me like how it just stuck with them and you know that that's the kind of stuff that makes me see hope when when it's not like really visible in front of me for others you know and understanding like a lot of times when you see this light come on and this miracle happen in people's lives it's it can be the ones that everybody gave up on. And it's like, it's so important to not give up, not to give up on anyone. If there's breath in their lungs, there's hope. And uh, it's always worth a chat. Um, No matter what you think you see in a person being available to them is super important. If they do reach out, like give them a moment of your time. Your time is your most valuable thing that you can give somebody. And it allows you to get out of yourself and boy, Oh boy! Most important, get out of <laughs> get yourself. out of myself. Yeah, get out of myself. I, I I I need to do it. I need to do it in order to be able to have meaningful recovery, and it's important that I get out of myself in a healthy way. And being of service right. to somebody new in recovery is a great way to get out of myself. And there's no way that I can sit there and pick and choose and be like, you know, think even for a second that I know that. It's going to benefit. This person's going to get what I'm going to have to say, but this person, no, they're not going to get it. So why waste my time with them? No, no, no. There's you can't even for a second pretend to know those kind of things. We're in the effort business, not the outcome business. We have to be available to all love all accept all. So let's leave with one tip. Each person here can give to the person that's new in recovery. And we'll call it a wrap gentlemen, Jerry. 
I would say the most important thing is going to meetings in the beginning. I can't say more about what that helped me to get out of who I was, to meet all new people that were doing the same thing I was doing. Go to a lot of meetings. Jason. Along with that, you know, that's the place to do what my suggestion would be, which is get vulnerable. You know, if you don't open your mouth and talk about what's going on with you in your life, in your heart, you know, emotionally, and, and you know, in your current situations, then people can't be there for you. They just can't. Um, that's really all that's required to really, that's the catalyst to all this other great stuff that we've been talking about that opens the door for those relationships to be formed and cultivated and built um, for you to receive guidance and uh, for the service opportunities to come into your life and you to give them to other people. So, yeah, just get vulnerable, man. Be authentic. Tremendous. Tremendous. My advice would be find the people that have what you want and do what they do. Boom. Listen to them and do what they do. Stick with the winners. That's right. Find the people that have what you want and do what they do. If you do that, your life will get better. I promise. Mm -hmm. Great episode, gentlemen. That's a wrap. See you. See you, guys. See ya. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.